name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Earlier this week, I was reading the book of Ecclesiastes. One of my sons had this as an assignment for school, to read Ecclesiastes, which I admit I haven't read in quite a while. And it's written by Solomon in the, the latter years of his life. After many years of wisdom, Solomon the wise, even growing in wisdom in his age. And this is how it begins. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit has a man from his labor in which he toils under the sun? Generation passes away and generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. Powerful words. Everything is vanity, or you could also translate that futility, purposeless. Everything is vanity. This is the wisdom of Ecclesiastes, the wisdom of our elders that our time is brief. There's another saint that we celebrated this last week who shows us something about his years as well, Saint Haralambos, who was 113 when he was murdered. 113. And yet had such strength and resolve in his allegiance to Christ that despite all of his frailty, despite all of his weakness of body, the strength of spirit prevailed. We look to our elders for wisdom. Elders like St. Haralambos, some of us call him Papu, Grandpa, because he has that big long beard. Or to Solomon and his wisdom. And in what our elders teach us is that life is brief. Who would you speak to who's in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, who would say, oh, life is so long, just enjoy it, take it easy. It's short. And in our youth, we don't see that. In our youngness, we don't see that. So we have the elders to teach us this, that life is indeed short. The poetry of Ecclesiastes is probably well known to you, if nothing else, than from that song that the birds sang back many decades ago. But I'll read it nonetheless, because the wisdom of those words are the reason why these words became a popular song. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. There's a time for everything, as Solomon wisely writes. And I'll add to that just a word. There's just enough time for everything. Just enough time for everything. 
Everything is within the providence of God, and everything is just enough for our purpose. Because our life is very brief. We might ask sort of flippantly, oh, what is the purpose of life? I know kids ask this sometimes as like a joke, the, the big, deep question, what is the purpose of life? That's because it's the most important question. The most important question is what is our purpose? And our purpose, as our Lord teaches us, is that we have been created to enjoy eternal life and the blessedness of heaven with God, eternally. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to be in heaven eternally. And that's our only purpose. That's why he created us. And that's why even when we turned away from him, he sent his Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, to draw us back into that life of eternity in which he has been inviting us from his creation of us. The prophet Isaiah told about the coming Messiah, had beautiful words about Emmanuel coming, born of a virgin, these things that were repeated many times around the nativity season. And St. Paul, in his epistle that we read today, he also quotes from Isaiah. He says to the Corinthians, he quotes, at the acceptable time I have listened to you and helped you on the day of salvation. That's from Isaiah. And then St. Paul adds, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. You see, St. Paul is expressing the urgency of our life in Christ, the urgency of seizing upon the present moment. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. But you see, in our lives, we have many other urgencies. Most of the urgencies that we have have nothing to do with eternal life. The urgencies of waking up and getting to places and doing things and accomplishing our to-dos and being a good employee, a good spouse, a good parent, on and on and on. We have so many things that are urgent to us, urgent to us in our brokenness. And because we're so broken, that's the only urgentness that we have. The things that I need to get done, those are the most important things. And St. Paul's words should ring to us. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. If we lived our life as now is the day of salvation, our life would be transformed. Just think of that. Wake up tomorrow morning. Now, today, is the day of my salvation. And why is this important to us? Because we don't know when we'll die. Our life is short, even if we have a long life, even if we live four score or more years, our life is short. And we don't know when that life will end. But what I can tell you is in God's love, it will be just enough time. It won't be any more time than that. So in this just enough time, we have a very brief time to make today the day of our salvation, the day in which we turn and make it an acceptable time to God. In today's gospel, we see the stakes that are at hand. We hear this parable that we all know so well of the talents, the three servants, the three different amounts they were given, 
In the Gospel of Luke, it's a little bit different. They're each given one mina, and they come back with different amounts. But the same story, which is the good and faithful servant, the two good and faithful servants, and the one wicked servant. And I must say, it's a parable, so there are things about it that are not exactly true to our salvation. For instance, God is not demanding of us. God is not saying, I gave this to you, and you better give back to me more. That's something that's unique to the story. So we don't want to put that part upon God. But what is true is that God has blessed us. And he has blessed us immensely. Because, as you may know, a talent is an enormous sum of money. Far more than a person would make in their entire lives. So it's showing us God has given us immense, immense gifts. And with those gifts, yes, we work with him. Again, it doesn't mean that God is the demanding overlord who says, you better multiply what I gave you. But rather, it's an invitation. Because the question we should be asking is, why was I given it? Why was I given anything? Back to the first question, what is the purpose of life? I was given this thing, whatever it is, of the gifts in my life. I was given this so that I can attain eternal life. And so that those around me can attain eternal life. This is why. And so this parable shows us in very stark terms the the joy and benefit and then those who squander it. But what's interesting in this is, I just noticed this in reading this parable the other day, is it says, He gave to each according to their ability, then he went away. And he who received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also the one with the two talents went at once and traded and made two more talents. But he who received the one dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So the servants knew the master was going to be gone on a journey, it says. And he was going to be gone for a long time. But what did the servants do? At once, they went and utilized the talents that were given to them. They didn't wait a moment. They didn't say, oh, he's going to be coming back. You know, I have time. I'll get to that. I have time. I know that sounds like me to myself. I'll get to that. I have time. I might not even admit to myself that I have time, but the fact that I say, oh, I'll get to that, it says, this is not the purpose of my life. The purpose of my life are these other urgent things that I have right in front of me. They're much more purposeful. And I can feel so much more satisfaction of I've accomplished this thing, I've done this thing. And so all the other urgencies become more important than the one and only purpose of my life. So my brothers and sisters, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. If we don't orient our lives in this way, then we will be like that third servant. It is God, let me just say as this final point, it is God alone who multiplies the talents. That's another thing to understand that the parable doesn't point at. The servants didn't multiply the talents. What the servants did is they said, I want to do this. 
and by their desire to do this, God himself is the one that multiplies it. You see, we're all kind of like acorns. What's an acorn supposed to be? A big and glorious oak tree. And in eternal life, we become this big and glorious oak tree. But if in this life, we don't prepare ourselves for that, then we rot in the ground. And we get trampled underfoot and we become nothing of what God desired us to be. So let us grow in this day of salvation. Amen.